This is the Acts 2028 podcast, where two young Church of God pastors discuss the challenges and victories we face in leading revitalization. I am TJ Samuel. I am Brian Seidel. I am in an urban context in Seattle, Washington. I am in a suburban and rural context in Boise, Idaho. I am in a liberal state. I am in a conservative state. My ministry background is in missions. My ministry background is in youth ministry. And yet we are both in our first lead roles. Help God revitalize the existing church in the Pacific Northwest. We are helping each other. And you. To truly live out Acts 20, 28. Here we are again back for another episode and TJ, realizing this is episode nine of season two, which means we have one more episode until we have completed our second season. So here we are, two seasons in. What? 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 That's crazy. That just, uh, it, it has gone fast. Um, it seems, though, like that anyone that's been a part of a podcast, they sneak up on you at times as far as like the frequency, especially when you're rolling them out. I know everybody has their own different way of handling them, of I've know some people will do them all at one setting and then kind of just release them. We've been doing it kind of to stay more current with the circumstances. We record them, you know, and then release them in a short period of time, like within a week of recording it. So um, it does creep up on us. It does seem fast, uh, but I can't believe season two is almost in the books already, man. Yeah. So it is crazy. And I think in, with that said, part of doing it the way we're doing it is to make sure that you, we manage our schedules and get them done on time so we can release on time. But to say that, thank you for being flexible with me because we were supposed to record yesterday and then we pushed it to today. But uh, we actually, you know, I don't know, I'll tell you now why we didn't do it yesterday, but because uh, Tamarack, our local, our ski area opened yesterday. And so I literally took my kids out of school and we went skiing. So it, it was, uh, you know, I got some major dad points, cool dad points yesterday uh, for sure. And we had, you know, it was a typical first day skiing. I mean, we're a ski family, so we go a lot. Uh, but first day out is usually always kind of interesting. And yesterday was interesting, but it was, you know, a lot of sore muscles today and, and working through some equipment stuff and everything. But, uh, but we had a good time yesterday, uh, into the Idaho mountains and, uh, up in the snow. So that was fun. Uh, but again, one of the reasons why I did that, not just interaction with my boys, but, uh, but also just, for my own soul, right. Of sitting back and it's hard. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to sit in the office and concentrate and get work done and hear from the Lord. When my mind is knowing that the ski area is finally open and I have not been up there. So, <laughs> um, so some of that, some of that self-care, you know, uh, definitely played into clearing my schedule out yesterday. Well, uh, let me just say this part. Uh, I think, you know, so there's a part of me that is Ukrainian from my mom's side and Samoan from my dad's side. But let's just say uh, not only my skin tone and those things, I navigate more towards uh, the island side. So I do water in the liquid state. I've tried skiing. I've tried snowboarding. Um, it feels snowboarding felt a little bit more natural because it was more like surfing um, to some degree. Uh, but it was super crazy i'm just gonna say that uh i'm so much better with water than i am the snow so i didn't have that temptation but i definitely have some of those other ones uh you know we've talked about those we 
we love to golf and those things. Although right now in the rainy Northwest, I mean, West, uh, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of tough and soggy to get those rounds in, but, um, yeah, I think that those are important things. And as we kind of navigate today's show, uh, one of the things that we're talking about is, you know, again, framing this is we came into established churches. And so there's some things, um, even though they've been established, how does this impact us as we've been in ministry already um, ourselves before coming into it? Um, how are we intentional? How do we even ask these questions? Because uh, truth be told, like I didn't ask all the questions about that um, when I signed up for this part um, where I'm currently serving. Um, so just kind of sorting through those, knowing why stewardship, all those things, um, it affects and impacts your ministry. I mean, I think another one that we've talked about is, you know, kind of just Church of God has been proactive as of late with the care initiative to making sure that pastors are more taken care of financially. That's another thing um, that that is there. But, you know, really just making sure that you are rested, that you're ready to pour into people, especially in a pandemic when, uh, man, it feels like <laughs> there's not enough uh, to put out all the fires and we want to be all those things to all those people, but sometimes it is just tough and you have to be at your A game. So maybe taking a journey to go catch some slopes or something like that. Uh, yeah, that might be it. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's not uh, to clear it up for those that love snow. I'm not anti snow. We love snow and doing it. I'm just snow uh, skiing and stuff like that. My first uh, introductory part to skiing was one of my friends took me skiing. I'm fairly athletic. Um, and so we went up, we went up another lift and my first run, I ended up coming down a black diamond, which I had decent balance and I was able to manage that. I just had no idea how to stop. And so I broke my wrist, my hand in about three different places. So that's a bit of my story to kind of lead in there. I I'm not anti-snow. I just, I've not had great luck and I do better in the liquid state. <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely. And I will say I have experienced surfing one time and realized I have a whole, had a whole different respect for that too. So, um, so again, if, I guess if you want, if for our listeners, if you want to hang out on the ski slopes, um, talk to me, if you want to be, you know, somewhere more on the ocean surfing side, talk to TJ and you can golf with either one of us. Maybe we'll go together and golf with you, but, uh, so, but no, this is really important. I think when we talk about today and about this topic and because the, I mean, in pastor circles, you know, church circles, like whatever, there's kind of, we have this unfortunate reputation, right, of, of pastors uh, either being in a church for 30 plus years or being there for, you know, a few years and then leaving burnout, right, and resigning. And so, again, ideally, we, you know, obviously the longevity is great, but uh, if you don't strike gold with a church, right, and, and get to that place where, where you can, you could be there for that long, then, then I'd, it seems like the only other alternative is, is burnout, right? Which, which we definitely don't want to do. So, so I think that's where we kind of think about that. And, and like you said, some of it is plays into how you negotiate from the very beginning. I mean, some of these really big picture things like sabbaticals uh, and, you know, vacation time and, and some of these other things that play into this, to, to this strategy uh, definitely are ones that, uh, that are easiest to implement probably at, at a, you know, at a time of transition of a new pastor or whatever it is. But, but I think there at the same time to say is if you're in your place, especially even in an established church, 
that doesn't have these types of policies, then uh, it's not, it's never too late to establish them. And I think that's where we might even come to this to say, as we start out this conversation about self-care routines, you know, sabbaticals, vacation time, et cetera, et cetera. It's not if you need it. Okay. The reality is if you are in leadership, especially in, in vocational ministry as a pastor or a ministry leader, uh, you do need it. And so not, again, not a question of if you need it, but, but how it's going to happen, right. To make sure that you stay at a healthy place and that you can serve wherever God needs you to serve. Because when you're burnt out, tired, you know, again, chewed up and spit out, that's not a good place to be for anybody, not for the church, not for the leader, not for your family. And again, the reality is nobody deserves your leftovers. And so, and so much, either the church takes all of it and your family gets leftovers or, or vice versa, right? You get everything, your family and the church gets leftovers. And, and again, we don't, we don't want either one of those things. So, you know, as we think about self-care routine, I just kind of jotted down some things for us to look at. And when I think that we need to kind of look at it in several different kind of levels. I think one of them is just your daily or weekly routine of like, do you have times in your weekly schedule, you know, to, to set out time for devotional time or just self-renewal or rest, uh, you know, those kinds of things. It's a part of a self-care routine is even uh, for a lot of vocational pastors is just keeping a regular day off. And there's a lot of pastors that don't even do that. Right? And we think about, so again, kind of daily, weekly type stuff. Um, kind of next step back from that would be more of like a monthly, you know, longer term type of strategies, right? Of things that you might do every couple months or whatever that might be. Um, yearly strategies, right? What are some of the things you might do once a year? Um, and those might be things like vacation time and so, those sorts of things. And I think, and this is the hard thing when you talk about, as a pastor, as a vocational pastor, it is your ministry, your calling, you know, and we spiritualize it and all that, but it is also your job and your church should have some, you know, quote unquote business type of things like a job description. You should have one of those, right? Vacation time. You should have that and you should take it and don't feel guilty about taking it, right? There are some of those other things that go with just a typical job that we need to have in place um, in those. And then like I said, then the kind of the biggest step back uh, that I wrote down is kind of as big picture things like, you know, like sabbaticals, right? Um, and so that's some of the things I think we should think about. Is there enough to talk about there? Um, yeah, more than enough. And let me say this part out of the jump. This is a one of those areas that I am still developing um, and that I'm terrible at uh, and aren't necessarily clearly defined as well. So um, this falls under one of those categories for me as we process through this of um, I'm speaking from a realness as I'm still trying to process this. Um, and I think, again, part of that is going to be communication. Like you said, if you're building it after the fact, you kind of gave a, a reasoning why you'd want to do this up front. But if you find yourself already in place and doing some of those things, um, I think, you know, having a relationship uh, to where you can navigate those with the other leadership. You know, we've talked at previous shows about um, how you would handle that, whether that is an elder or um, board of trustees or, or whoever it is that you work with about making sure that we have those things. And again, um, this isn't just a Brian and I thing that there are a lot of people that are talking about this specifically during this time. So there's a lot of resources out there. 
Um, there's a lot of resources even through uh, where we serve in the movement of the Church of God. And so I think that, you know, the, the financial piece, like, like you said, sometimes it, it's like you said, you strike gold with a 30 year run at a church. Sometimes, even though you're there, it might not be healthy. Maybe you're holding on for some bad reasons as well. Like you just don't know what else to do, or you've had some, some hardships. And so I think when you said balance is really trying to find that to where people can do that. And those that maybe are serving in an existing church, but, you know, are getting closer to retirement, like that they can honor that, that they can step off the playing field. And that doesn't mean, I don't think when you get a calling, you're ever truly done. It just might mean your season and your ministry might change a little bit. Maybe, uh, you know, you are the one that is leading uh, the golf, uh, you know, devotional at the local clubhouse and stuff. That just might be the case. But I don't know that we ever turn that switch completely off because it's innate in us and a gift from God. So um, absolutely. when we talk about those things and as we, as we roll into them, um, I am now in year 16 uh, of ministry and I've never taken a sabbatical. Um, so, <laughs> so I feel like now I'm, I'm jumping in. Hi, I'm TJ and I have a problem, um, but it is a problem. Like you said, I mean, if, if we don't acknowledge these things, if we're not cautious of them, um, you know, we need to be aware of them. So like uh, historically, as I moved from ministry to ministry, um, there was always a pressing need and there was always an opportunity to jump in. So even as I've served at three different churches in the time, um, there was never, there was always a need, a pressing need to get to the next post as opposed to even taking a respite really at that time. And so some of those, again, are from my experience of what I did. And so I would, you know, just maybe build some of those things in um, to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. So uh, (laughs) yeah, right now as well, because we do have a good working relationship with um, our elders at our church, um, they've actually tasked me with uh, reaching out and getting help for a self-care routine. So right now I'm in the process. I was telling you, Brian, before we got on air that uh, the assessment, actually, they, they saw the value in both Courtney and I, my wife, taking it together so we could kind of understand, you know, how our dynamics have changed because we went from being associates and having different stressors or different, um, you know, responsibilities and now have some of those things, even if we've taken the, the test in the past, uh, you know, DISC and all those other ones, um, are they still the same? Do they still apply? What have we learned? What has transformed a little bit maybe? And so we're looking at all those things and then tasked with taking it and doing it right. I, I'm not a big NASCAR guy as well. I know I'm really just not doing good with the sports, even though we're sports people today. Um, but NASCAR, if we would look at that, is you know that the Indy 500, which is a huge race for sports fans, it's not a sprint. It is indeed the 500 laps. And in that, you have to realize that even though you're going full bore, like ministry is at most of the time, you have to take designated pit stops. And they're calculated. They are to the point where you get new tires, you get new gas, and you have to stop so that you can get back out there and do the way that you want to do it and and that God's called you to. So I am learning these things. So um, I'm going to flip it back over to you because these are things that I've, I've learned, but I will interject where that's, that's uh, been a, a hindrance for me. One thing that I've learned in this because I haven't was um, 
I feel that I'm most refreshed when I take two days uh, consecutive to, to kind of get a rest. I have not done that here. Um, I usually do like six days a week that I'm working uh, to out myself. There's been days where I've been here 28 consecutive days at the church for something. And so really just finding that now and understanding it different. There's a different role. There's a different taxing on you. Um, and that's just, yeah, that's transparency. So run with a Brian. I'll fill in <laughs> where, where I'm guilty maybe of some of these things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you know, let's, and you kind of alluded to it because we had talked before um, about, so let's start at the big picture and move backwards, right? Okay. I mean, towards that. So as you talked about, so sabbaticals. So again, when I came to Oregon Trail, um, I realized that again, at that point, I had been in full-time vocational ministry for 14 years. Um, and, uh, and I had never had a sabbatical, like a formal one. Um, and, and per the, um, at Cloverdale, where you and I were both were, again, where, where, where we both left, you know, our last post before we came to our, our lead pastor roles, their policy was they had a sabbatical, but it was a very general one. It was like every seven to 10 years, you got like so much time off. And I don't remember what it was, but it was kind of more of a traditional, I think that the traditional sabbatical, um, you know, policies that I've heard of, right. is like three months off every like 10 years is, or is like seven to 10 years. And so that's, um, that's been the kind of the standard, you know, around times. And so, uh, so when I came to Oregon Trail, I came there because I was due for one at, at Cloverdale, um, very like within the next year of being there. And so that was, and at that point, especially just with everything God was doing in me and stirring in my heart and in my family and, and all those kinds of things through, you know, for moving out of youth ministry into that associate role and then, and then, you know, Oregon Trail come knocking and all those kind of things. Like I, I felt, I, I knew I was, I needed a season change and I felt kind of burnt out, like in a lot of ways, especially in the youth with youth ministry stuff. And so again, those weren't necessarily, I mean, a lot of transition obviously through those years and through, through all of that. And so I felt like I really needed a sabbatical. And like, that was the first time in my life where I really felt like I did. Um, and, and so that was kind of in the forefront of my mind when I was started into, you know, talking with Oregon trail. And so part of me coming here, and that was one of the things that I negotiated in, you know, in my salary or, or as a part of my package with Oregon trail was that I would, I would be granted a sabbatical, um, after being here. And, and again, and I told them I, and we agreed on two years after I'd been here for two years. And so, cause I, I told them, I'm like, I under, I get it. Like, I'm coming in, you know, brand new pastor, like we're, we're going through all this hard stuff. I don't expect to get a three month sabbatical six months in, like, I, you know, that's, that's not a realistic ask. Like that was not, but again, we kind of mutually agreed that, okay, well, two years into this, we're going to see one, they're going to know if I'm their guy. Right. And to see what God's really done and, and how it, that all that has worked. Um, and then on the same side, like I'll say, I feel like, you know, with a season change and with us moving and settled and moving through that, that I would be ready to kind of step back in two years. Right. And so, so that was where we said it kind of agreed in, you know, two to three years that I, I would, I would take that sabbatical and, uh, or be granted that. And so, and again, Oregon Trail had no sabbatical policy before that. And so they, again, they agreed to that um, when I came on. And so, Again, fast forward, right, into we become a couple of years. And by that point, some of the, you know, there'd been a lot of changeover in the church. Um, the board had had kind of flipped for 
a lot of different reasons, whether it was just term limits or just people that had left and resigned or different things. And so basically it came up to that and I had to bring it up again because the majority of the board had either forgotten about it or never knew about it in the first place. Right. And, and so, uh, so I brought it up. And like I said, at first, when I first brought it up, I said, Hey, we're, you know, I'm, I'm two, two and a half years in here. We haven't, you know, and I was, this was part of what we talked about when I came. And so now it's time to talk about it. And brought it up and I will say, and I remember it, I, it didn't really go over well, um, you know, at first. And I think there was even, you know, a lot of, but then the board and literally it almost came down as like, well, if we, if we agreed to that, and then again, and there were people that were around at that time and on the nominating committee that were still in the board at that time. And they vouched for that. They're like, no, we remember that conversation. You're right. Like we did agree to that. And so because of that, but so what that did though, was it did open up the conversation with the board. And so, so just kind of like what you've said, you've had with yours, it, it kind of, they had tasked me. They're like, okay, well, we need to come up with what it's going to be. And, and let's, let's figure it out. Cause we don't, you know, we need to figure it out. And, and at that point, again, we were far enough in, we saw, they saw the value of, uh, <laughs> of my leadership and that God had called, called me here and, and, and what, what we had done and the sacrifices we had made as a family for the church and those kinds of things. And so again, it was as soon as some of them, and some of them just, it was just out of ignorance. They just didn't even know what a sabbatical was. Right. And so, so for them, some of those board members, the more that they all kind of learned about it too, they were like, yeah, you really do need this. Like we get it. And so, so with that said, so what we landed on then, part of one of my research and part of what I saw, and I, again, I called different people, did some reading and some different articles and books about it. And one of the things I saw was that the, the traditional, you know, three months off for, uh, you know, seven to 10 years um, was, was kind of a poor plan for a few different reasons. Um, first off, it was, is, it was a poor plan because it's just by the time you get to 10 years, and if your policy is seven to 10 years, by the time you actually get around to doing it, it's going to be 10 or 11 years, right? Before you actually take it, because it's always, there's never a good time. You always kind of push it off. There's always another, you know, life event or big event at the church or whatever it is, that's just going to delay it. And so by the time you get there, it's just too far apart. Like people are too burnt out by the time they actually take a sabbatical, right? For that to be refreshed by it. Um, the other thing is that three months away um, was extremely hard on the congregation, right? And on, you know, to have a void of leadership for that much time. And, and so one, to have a void of leadership, also to have just financially, it was tough, right? Because if on a sabbatical, if they're paying you your salary while you're gone, plus, uh, you know, a lot of times the church will pitch in a little bit extra for uh, activity or a trip or something like that for that time. And they still have to pay somebody to preach, right? And to lead or to fill in for you while you're gone. And so that's a huge burden on the church and on, you know, on that side as well. And so seeing those things, uh, we just, I kind of felt the, the better trend would be closer together, but shorter time period, right? So, so it's not as hard on the church financially or lack of leadership time, but also that um, by the time that you, when it actually happens, that you are not, um, you know, so burnt out that you're kind of, cause you know, that, that you're just ready to resign. And, and, and that's what I remember uh, in church growing up just as a church member, you know, and, and seeing that I remember different pastors from the churches that, that we were in when I was growing up that would take a sabbatical and every time they would come back from the sabbatical and resign. Right. And, and, and I think part of that, and just, I started to learn, I think part of that is just because we don't take them often enough. And, and so that, you know, we, we, what really should have been known was just to resign before the sabbatical, but the church, you know, for whatever reason, didn't want to accept that resignation or, or admit, or the pastor didn't want to admit that that's where they were. And so then they're like, oh, well, do, let's, you know, take a sabbatical and then everything will be fine. And then, 
they, you know, then they date when they're on the sabbatical, they realize that they really need to leave. And so, you know, or they're just burned out beyond restoration. And so, so they come back and resign. So, which, which again, just does not look good, right. From either side. I mean, and, and talk about hard on the congregation, you know, hard on your family. I mean, all those kind of things. So, so where we landed was um, every five years and it was a, uh, a four to six week sabbatical every five years is, is our current policy at Oregon Trail. Um, and so, uh, and with that is they, they did in our policy that uh, you can, you can um, add on up to uh, a few, up to two weeks of your vacation time. If you have vacation time due as well, you know, you can add on to that. So when, when I, so I did a sabbatical, uh, it was about three years ago when I did it and it was a month long, um, but I also, I took two weeks of vacation on it. So I was actually off for six weeks. Um, and, and to say that it was really hard in a lot of ways. Um, and it, and, and it was really needed. And I, I saw that for sure. Um, and it was also right in the middle of our adoption journey. And so there was all of that was kind of played into it. And again, going back to just that specific time, but, but realizing that is I'm now, you know, starting 2022 will be year four since that. And so realizing that I have another sabbatical coming up here in the next year and a half, which is crazy. Uh, to think about that, but if we stay on that five-year thing, so, um, so just bigger picture to say that, um, and like I said, that, that seemed to work, you know, really well, and I think that that it, it's healthy, um, and again, and now it's something that, that my board and church really is very much behind, and in fact, they're, they're reminding me, you know, where we're at, and they, they kind of set up into the budget as to set money aside for, for sabbatical, and again, for those two kind of main expenses outside of the salary is, you know, paying speakers to fill in while I'm gone, as well as uh, helping with whether it's a trip or activity or whatever it might be uh, that I will do on the sabbatical. So um, to pitch in some extra money for that. So, so I, I, I feel very fortunate in that, but again, it's something that I had to fight for. It's something that I negotiated, right. And brought up because the reality is unless again, you stroke struck gold with a board member or a leader or, a, you know, a denominational leader or whoever it is that brings it up, like nobody's going to bring it up for you unless you do. And so it's something that, that you, you know, again, you need to, you need to kind of fight for that because the reality is again, that God told us to rest, God told us to be restored and, you know, we can't pour ourselves out for, you know, for 20 years and not expect that we're going to, you know, need, need some refreshment. Right. So let me pose this question to you, B. Like, when was it that you felt, um, over that journey? So you had a couple of weeks and stuff. I kind of gave the disclaimer on just the short term, like, I don't really feel as rested if I just have a one day off. Um, usually if I put two together, I can feel like I'm starting to reverse it and I start to feel a little bit better. So it's on that third day, really, when I start to feel um, like rest is catching up, like I've kind of quieted down all of the chaos of the big city, so to speak. So when you were taking those weeks, um, maybe speak to what were some of the most uh, beneficial? When did you feel like that was there? Because I can say like, um, usually in burnout and some of those things that you just described as I've been processing some of those things and looking at where that line is to not go across it is, um, you know, those that are listening that may be wondering about that. If, if you come in and you find yourself like a change in what you do or your drive, like, so if you are the person that normally would put in like, 60 hours, like you're saying, and you find yourself kind of shortening that window in the sense of like, you just do enough to get by to kind of survive, not to be dishonoring to your church or your ministry, but you just find yourself like, I can only do this much. Like your bandwidth is starting to shrink. Um, 
that might be an indicator that that you need something or at least you need to reach out and i know that that was uh one of the things that like you said not to be campaigning for yourself but uh no one knows how you feel a unless you're communicating that and then b uh oftentimes like we said in the makeup of of our elders this isn't something that oftentimes unless like we just recently did since i've been here had non-resident elders that can have pastoral experience and so like if you don't have another pastor speaking into your congregation from that standpoint uh it might be foreign and it might not be you know again we talk about this at length but you're coming to a new church that's already pre-existing and this might not be a part of their heritage and they might not even be aware that that's maybe why the last guy left he just got burnt out i mean there's a lot of underlying things but let's start with again going back to that first question is um when did you feel the benefit of it? Like when of that, and I know you just alluded to you had adoption and stuff going there, uh, but when did you, did it kick in and you start to feel uh, the benefit yeah. of it? The refreshed word. So, is what you said. Yeah. So I will say the, I mean, the first week or two just, just felt like vacation time. Right. And so again, it was still kind of but still the same kind of thoughts, even that you do on vacation, right? Like, Oh, Oh, I'll just, I need to jump to that email. Oh, well, you know, like, and, and again, and I kind of set some boundaries up for myself because I knew that, like, I mean, I, I like removed my church email from, from my phone, you know, like, I mean, uh, some things like that to make sure that, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, you know, I had removed like my email. I set up those things where I, I knew I wouldn't have responsibilities uh, through that. But there was definitely a decompression time, right? Just like I said, because I'm just used, I mean, I think we're all used to just going so fast, you know, so much, right? And, and, and doing that. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, literally, it took me a couple weeks to just kind of get to the place where I felt like I was actually taking a deep breath. Okay. Right? Yeah. And, um, and again, and realizing that I didn't have like a sermon coming, you know, two weeks out or, you know, whatever it was. Um, and so, you know, to where it, I, you know, I think just my mind and my heart, my body realized this was more than just vacation time. And, but then in that, like through that time, um, I think probably to so that week, like three, four was just kind of really, really important for me just because that was where, like I said, I was able to really really relax in my soul and like to really seek the Lord and, and again, not seek the Lord for what's next in ministry, but just, just my own soul and my, you know, like at that time. And, and I'll tell you like, and, and those first couple of weeks were hard too, because, you know, like my, I mean, it was around, it was January, you know, like after, and, and again, part of that was, was when, when my wife and kids were on their Christmas break, like, I think the first week of it was where, and so we just, you know, again, it just felt like I was on vacation with my family. Um, you know, we were home and then, but then when they all went back to work and school, and then I was kind of home for that second week by myself and like that, you know, just the days felt super long and, you know, like boredom and like, you know, kind of like, what, but, but it, it took me to, again, I, it just, it was so opposite of what my normal life was that it just took me some time to really just let those walls down. Um, and, and so, and, and which is why I feel like that a month is just not long enough. Um, you know, for that, because it, because you need that decompression time, you know, and just to realize that, man, like, what am I really here for? And, and again, in that time I had planned um, and I had planned out with, with my board and, and we had set that, that there was time for rest uh, and recreation 
right? There was time uh, as well for family time. And then there was also time for some research, some long-term research and stuff. And so part of that, um, and, and I think those are all important things, right? Um, and so, like I said, that the first week was just a lot of time with my family because they were home. And we, so that was kind of, we got that piece in, you know, I kind of at the beginning. Um, and then the, the last part was rest and recreation. And again, it was in the winter. So I did, I, I did go just go skiing, right. And I by myself, uh, several times, a couple of times, you know, just random days in the middle of the week, there was times I went with just some of my buddies, right. And so other pastors or whatever, and, and skied with them, um, and hung out part. One of the other things I did was I interviewed, um, some different pastors. And I think there was, and I don't remember how many were, it was like four or five that I went around different churches, different size church. No, no, it wasn't even that many. It was three pastors, actually, if I remember that, um, that I, that I went and like had lunch with and like asked, I asked them all the same questions and they, but they were all like different size churches and in different phases. And that was one of the things was I looked at, I talked with one church that was like at the same size as us at us Oregon Trail at that point. Um, I talked with one church that was like the next phase of growth. It was like, you know, the next kind of growth hurdle size. Um, that was a couple hundred bigger than us. And then I went and then, and I also interviewed a pastor that was in like, like a thousand plus church, you know, um, just kind of more of a, I guess in, in our IO standards, more of a mega church type of environment. And, and so, but I asked all of them the same questions, right. And I had those pre pre written out and, you know, and was able to, to work through their answers and like, and just things that I was seeking the Lord on for Oregon trail and, and some different stuff there too. So, uh, and, and I think every piece of it was super valuable. Uh, but I think that's the thing is, I think, especially, and at least part of it is my personality, but I had to go into it with a plan. And I think if I did, if I didn't go into it with a plan, I, it would have just, I either would have either worked the whole time, you know, or it would have accomplished nothing, you know, other than, than sleeping in every day. So, um, so yeah, so that, so that, that was, that's the way it went. Like I said, for me, so that, and now we've actually made it like adopted the policy, you know, again, as we've been looking forward to it, that it's a minimum of six weeks um, for it, just because I realized like a month is just not long enough uh, to, to really do that. Um, especially with it being, you know, five years in between it. So. Did uh, you notice that, that um, it benefited the family as well? I know you said you had some family time and I know sometimes, like you said, we can, um, steal from one to give to the other and those things. Um, I know it's shocking. Sometimes we have so much rattling on our brains, uh, either our attention span or our patience can both run thin at times. I think everyone's maybe kind of been there. Um, was that beneficial to the family? So I would say, and in, in definitely, right. I mean, you know, then just them knowing that I was, I mean, I was home, right. For six weeks. So that, that was, definitely different. And I think it was good, had some good time with each of my kids and, you know, with Maureen. And like I said, that was, we were in the middle of the adoption thing. So we didn't have Claire at that point. Um, but so it was, I think one of the hard things though, for us was just because, and we had talked about in earlier episodes about how involved our families are in the ministry in the church. And so that was actually part of the struggle with it was, was through those times, like my family still had service things and responsibilities at Oregon Trail. And so they still went to church at Oregon Trail. And I think that was uh, during that whole time. And so that was part the hardest thing for us was, and again, and, and I mean, I just went and attended different churches, you know, for those six weeks. Um, so I went to church, but I just went as a churchgoer and, you know, to churches, some of them were the churches I interviewed and I went to their Sundays and that was part of that pro program. But there's a couple of Sundays too, where, 
I just went to a random church and, and, uh, you know, by myself, right. Cause my whole family went, went to Oregon trail and they had their responsibilities and things that they, they did and fulfilled. And so I, that, so, I mean, yes, it did benefit my family. I think that that, that, that dynamic. And again, even at that point, that only a couple years in, you know, to, I don't even remember exactly how far in it was, uh, to us being at Oregon trail, but it was still at a pretty fragile state. And, and so it was a place where, you know, um, you know, where again, we could replace me for those weeks and the board, you know, committed to that, but they, we couldn't replace all that my family was doing. And so, so they, they did go back. Uh, and so that, that was, that was kind of weird, you know, just the way it was. And I think, and, and that was hard for me too, because they would come home from church, you know, and then I, and, and I'd have to like, you know, purposely be like, don't talk to me about what's going on at church. Right. Like I, I can't, I can't hear that because it's just going to push me right back into, you know, to, to work mode. Right. And so I, I had to kind of fight that. Okay. So pivoting a little bit more, we've talked big uh, things that are out there because that's kind of more of the, I know I use the pit stop analogy, but that's more of like a, if we were looking at more of like an engine overhaul, right? Like that's, that's more structurally, if we're, if you're a car guy, that's going to be like the engine swap kind of thing that um, the chassis, your soul, those kinds of things stay intact, but you put some mileage on it and you got to swap it out. Um, What about as far as like, you know, pivoting a little bit more to the self-care piece, what are some of the ones that you have um, in play? And so I've kind of gone through this as well to kind of talk. There's a church just north of us that's uh, classified as a mega church. That's a church of God, like you were just talking about. Um, And once a month, they have a self-care day to where they, just uh, emailed their executive pastor, say, hey, here's what I'm doing. Um, they go to the San Juan Islands as an individual, and they that is part of their work schedule. They are required to take a day alone with God um, once a month. So they have that in their structure. So they have 12 of those days annually that they do that, that they seek that, that are more frequent, as you said, in a touch point, not mm-hmm. as long, obviously. Um, so they're meant for a different purpose, more of that respite um, piece. And then uh, there's another one when we were just at, uh, you know, Fairfax in Virginia, and they do seven sacred Sundays, right? So seven sacred Sundays, they aren't doing what they normally do. And so we're looking at this again, how this impacts us as senior or lead pastors, But also one of the dynamics we're keeping in mind here is that if we have a staff, we may have a youth pastor or someone like you or at that part that we may have to also um, step in on their behalf to help in that point. So there's some of those things. But in the seven sacred Sunday piece that was uh, modeled was um, if you are a value in what you do uh, seven Sundays a year, you wouldn't be doing that. So if your role is as a children's pastor, um, that you would be volunteering or helping some other way. That might be even, like you said, going and visiting another church. That might be if you guys do outreach and you do missional work, uh, both locally and globally. That might be uh, that Sunday you go and serve that ministry that you guys partner with. And so that if you have value to us in the church, you'd also have value to those that you'd serve in that capacity so that it's a transferable thing that they'd be able to use that. So seven Sundays out of the year, you're also not doing what you normally would do to give you a different perspective, to not get you so mundane or caught in a rut and some of those things. So um, 
those are a couple examples of things that just recently as I've been looking through and sorting through those, uh, that two local or two churches in the Church of God movement that I've been aware of, that they handle that. Um, both are bigger in nature. Obviously, they allude to that they have some staff. Um, but what would you do and what would you do for the self-care element of that as we transition? Yeah, so like I said, if, if we looked at so with big picture stuff, then we talk about like a yearly, like you said, like a monthly, you know, weekly type of thing or, or even a, a daily self-care routine. So so yearly wise, one of the things that I've found that I and I've done the last uh, several years, in fact, I think I've done it every year that I've been at Oregon Trail. I first did it um, even at Cloverdale and part of it was just me seeking the Lord on what was next in my life. And, and, but, uh, but I go on a spiritual retreat. And so, uh, it's kind of turned into now, especially as a lead pastor where, and again, where, I mean, I have staff, but we talked about that. They're not all full-time and, and those kinds of things. So, um, so again, there's a lot that I cover. So, um, but so I do it yearly. Um, I think ideally I'd like to do it probably bi-yearly every six months, but just realistically with my young family and the church, it just doesn't happen. So, and I have to fight for it even a year, but so I do a spiritual retreat and I usually do it in the fall kind of after, again, my wife's a teacher after the kids are in school and she's back in school and we're kind of into this regular, usually like October, November type of, you know, time frame in our life before we get into holidays is typically when I've done it. And so I will go off for anywhere from two to two days to, you know, four or five uh, and however I can fit that in there. And um, again, I've got up to a cabin in the woods. I've just gone, you know, got a trailer and camped by myself, uh, you know, or, you know, whatever, um, just to, to get away again, it's out of town usually, but again, being Idaho, I just kind of go up in the mountains uh, and, so, um, and do that. And so, and I take that time. And again, I go up, usually that's when I plan out my sermons. We've kind of talked about that. I, I literally plan my sermons a year in advance or, or my teaching plan. And so um, I do that. I that's spiritual retreat. I usually take a couple books that I just want to read. Cause again, I'm by myself, right. And I get these days. So, um, and, and I just, again, for those the last couple of years, I've done it. It has been like a camping type of deal. So just get a trailer and go up and, you know, to a campground or to some people's property or whatever it is, and just be there by myself and, um, spend a lot of time in prayer. Like when I've done it, I, I take like, I've done like a fasting day, you know, like one of them will go up there and I'll just fast for a day and pray. Um, like I said, read books, do a lot of journaling, a lot of prayers on my Bible devotion stuff, research into these sermon series and kind of plan out the next year. Um, so that, so again, something I have to fight for. And so, but that, that's like a yearly thing. Um, and so I have those things to do again, kind of weekly, monthly, um, types of stuff for me. Uh, some of it is just my own finding those things that, that I'm able to unplug my mind and my heart from just church life and just, to you know, to take a deep breath. Um, and so for me, those look like ski days or golf rounds, right. Uh, you know, and, and I kind of, you know, cheat the office hours by that and just kind of take those days when I do that. Um, and usually those are, and again, just like you kind of described from that other church, right. Of, of where they have those, those that day once a month and again, to take that time, um, of, you know, yeah, just to get away and just not be doing church stuff. Um, and, you know, and like I said, for me, and we've talked about it before, for me, again, you have to find what those things are. Like I said, for me that like, it's, you know, around a golf by myself or even with a couple of friends, right. It just went all, the only thing I have to worry about is the next shot. Right. And so for, you know, the four hours that I could take out of a day to do that is just, is really refreshing for me. And, and, um, so, so definitely that yearly, a spiritual retreat, 
um, you know, taking not not being a, a and don't feel guilty about taking those days, you know, and like on a monthly basis or or just even when you need it, right? Again, there are times where I feel like, man, sit down, like it's just not happening today, you know, like see that, like it, it just I just got nothing, Lord, and and you know, at times it's like again, even if it's like, okay, we'll go home and take a nap, you know, like you know, or whatever it is, right? I mean, you just kind of follow that and get get replenished. Um, so, and then like I said, one of the other things as far as I kind of smaller picture down there one that i found for me that's really important is to take a day off every week and to just to really protect that day off and where i try it for me it's fridays uh where i don't i purposely try to do nothing church-wise on fridays um and i just literally block it on my calendar and if anybody wants to do something like nope like that day's tied up and again they don't have to know why right but again you just have to protect that right and um and so friday and like and like you said two days off to back to back. And I agree with you as far as is even way more refreshing than just one day. Um, and so, but that doesn't always happen, but I take Friday, Saturday. And, you know, in fact, I've had, again, board members, church people too, that have brought that up to me. They're like, man, every other job gets two days off back to back. You need that too. Right. And, and so, you know, a lot of times Saturdays get hijacked with church stuff. And so, but there are, so, um, but I try to fight and I fight for that sometimes. So, you know, where I take two days in a row. Um, but, but like I said, there's sometimes where I'll take a day in the week, just like, like yesterday, right. was kind of a mental health day for me. Right. right. Just well, or, or one of the things that I think that you have to be cognizant of as well, this is again, me outing myself is Mondays are my day off. And so like I come off of a Sunday and then I kind of get a rest, you know, to catch my breath. But oftentimes I've noticed now um, more often than not, a lot of the holidays will fall into Monday. So then I don't take a Tuesday off. I just run back in. And so like, I've noticed my office staff and stuff will be like, you aren't supposed to be here now. And, you know, inevitably there'll be the justification just like Urson of like, oh no, I just, I, you know, we had Monday and I have things I got to get done. And so again, that's a self-awareness piece that uh, at least I know where I've gotten close that you got to be able to make sure that you adjust accordingly. And so, um, you might not even think of it in those terms, but you know, again, once you learn those, you'll, you'll be better prepared. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think to to pull it back, I think then we take think about even daily routines, right. Of, of things in office, uh, your own personal devotions. And I will say, I think that's one of the things that I've really, um, found for myself. And I've really tried to speak that into my staff as well, is it's really important that you do have devotional time just between and prayer time between you and God that is not co- connected to your ministry, right? That is not connected to, again, for us, as the, again, especially if you're a preacher, like it's, it's tempting to have to just use your devotions as your sermon prep time. Right. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm in the word and, and researching and seeking the Lord, which, and you are right. But it's, it's a, it's a different thing right. Then, then to, to just truly have your own devotional. And so that's been one of the things that I found has been really imperative for my own spiritual health. Um, and, and just for, you know, self-care is to make sure that, that I have a Bible reading routine or a devotional routine, um, that, that I stick to that is not connected to sermon prep or, uh, you know, or any, any type of program, uh, preparations. It's good. It's good. Yeah, we got to do that. I mean, I think there's always some kind of thing. And and really, I think one of the words, and we talked about this with the elders or board of trustees or whatever that is, it's really having accountability. 
and not from a an unhealthy standpoint of you know we talked even in that context of that episode of being board led or church led or whatever that is but um if you don't get it there at least get it like you know like we're doing right here between another pastor another friend that you can kind of have some of those things of how are you doing have we done this have you taken this um i think that those things are are great in accountability because if you have that um you know then you're less likely to get close to that line. I mean, I, I deal with a lot of things. And when we talk with people, it's like help the terminology I'd use would be like, help put a lot of filters in place. So you have to blow through seven stop signs before you get to the end road. Right. So um, just making sure that we're aware of those. I mean, I'm sure we could go on with this topic uh, forever, really with a lot of things that we should do. um, We ought to do, but really this is modeled straight out of, the word. I mean, we preach this from the pulpit. There is a Sabbath. And if you are preaching on that Sabbath, and if, and if you're doing and meeting the needs of your flock on that day, you have to take a day to be able to rest. I mean, it's what we tell people to do, how hypocritical of us to do counter to what we preach, right? I mean, I know that that sounds crazy, but I know that we all do it at some point. So making sure that you yeah. do that, because really what is established is when you have a healthy pastor, you will have healthier communities and you will have healthier opportunities to engage. So, um, man, I know being here on (laughs) on the uh, mission field of Seattle, I've encountered that I need that probably more, that connectivity that you spoke of, whether that's a personal devotional piece um, cause I'll lead our staff through one, uh, weekly when we meet for staff meetings, but still having something that's independent on my own, um, and some kind of enrichment where you're seeking God, not just for the purpose of the next sermon, but to have him speak to you in the still small voice that you've quieted these things enough that you can hear that still small voice. Because one of the yeah. ways that I would describe that is God is, Uh, there he's with us right so he might just be trying to as he's holding us up whisper in our ear are we at a point where we can allow him to do that are we too busy with that noise that he's right there and he's ready to just whisper in our ear and we're not receptive to that so anyhow great words today as far as like things to think of i know we could go a lot of different roads a lot of different avenues but it is something that you need to put on your radar um for obedience to your ministry to your family, to the calling that you have. And so hopefully, as I'm learning from this as a student, <laughs> that we would, you know, we would take our own advice and that we would implement these things so that we can serve those and love those that we have afforded to us in the best way possible. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great word. And I think just, you know, just the thing that's running through my mind, even as you're talking about that is, I think one of the biggest pieces that, that I know I've, I have fought and had to come to terms with, and I think I've you know heard from others as well, it is the guilt of taking that day, right? Oof. Or the, the, you know, or the, the guilt that we feel when we actually take like a week's vacation, right? That, that we rightfully have, right? Or whatever, but we just, we feel guilty about it. And I will tell you, if you're listening to this, do not feel guilty. Hey, it don't like it because you do deserve time off right again your job like nobody else understands what your job is like right because they they clock out and then they come to church right and and that that's not that's not true for us right and so again to feel that like we have to clock out and go away from church 
right? And so to have the same experience that they do. And so definitely with that said, is like, don't feel guilty, right? And and again, if somebody said like, yeah, that, that person's always like, oh, you know, pastor only works one day a week. Oh, he's off playing again. You know, like again, you, you have you have all those things, right? And just say it and just so people will be like, okay, you know, thanks. You know, or again, they call like, again, I'll tell you this, my standard line when somebody comes like, oh, well, this is really important. I got to do it on Friday. I'm like, sorry, Friday's tied up. Right. And like, literally that's my only explanation. I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm tied up on that day. Now they don't have to know that I'm going to the golf course or they don't have to know that I'm going to, you know, whatever it is. It's like, nope, sorry. I'm, I'm tied up. I can't do it then. And, and don't feel guilty about that. So take, take your vacation time, take your, take your day off, take your sabbatical, right? Whatever, whatever's there. And, and again, and fill these routines into your life uh, so that you can serve for the long haul, right? Because this isn't about just going as hard as you can until you burn out and stop because unfortunately that's the pattern, um, especially among pastors. And so don't fall into that trap. Absolutely. Do it. Let it. That's why they're there. Just have the communication with your leadership. I'm guilty of it. I've got almost four weeks on the books right now currently. So, so uh, I got to, I got to start to do that. So anyhow, thank you guys for joining us uh, this episode. And we're glad that we're here um, in my instance for this week to be a uh, example, but um, thank you, Brian, for helping lead us through some of the things and the value. And if you are there, or if you're a leader in a local church, um, yeah, help love on those that love on you in a meaningful way. I think it just impacts not only our local communities and our church in a better way, but it also impacts our kingdom. So keep it first. Uh, keep Jesus the subject, right? <laughs>